This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I don't even care to shake these zipper blues. And we don't know just where our bones will rest to dust, I guess, forgotten and absorbed into the earth below. That is actually, I should start from the top. (laughs) Because, you know, my listeners, I want this to stay in. This is going to stay in. Because this is a really hard song to sing. Shake down 1979. How does he say that? How does he say that? 1979. It doesn't whine. He's like almost Bob Dylaning it. But cool kids have never had the time. Yeah, that's that's you do need to sing it like Bob Dylan in order for it to make sense. I should probably tell you that I chose that song mm-hmm. because it, I wrote about it for one of my college application essays about how meaningful it was to me to listen to that song after seeing the Smashing Pumpkins. Like, we drove to go see them in a different town. We drove back. I was listening Whoa. to that song again. And I wrote that essay, and I did not get a scholarship. We're going to get into that <laughs> in a little bit. Um, okay, my horrific version of 1979, probably one of the worst spoken words I've done on the show. Um, and that's a com- that's huge. Um, that's nineteen seventy nine by the Smashing Pumpkins, an amazing song. I love the Smashing Pumpkins. Highly suggest listening to it. I'm gonna update my Spotify playlist that I created for this show. I haven't updated it in a long time, but I put everyone's song in it, and I'm gonna bring that back. Even though I think five people are subscribed to it, but you know what? God bless those five people. If you put it on, I'll subscribe. There you go. Although I hear that there's like a lot of black eyed peas. On on it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a lot of black well, piece on it? On, I would just guess because they're always popular. No, like, I not? can tell you. I can I can go to the Spotify playlist and tell you what's. You're on You're telling it. me that this is not a pro black eyed peas show. No. No. <laughs> Let's see. This is. We actually have a really good mix. Senior superlatives. I have 12 followers on this on this playlist. I've only ever advertised it once, though. So, like, I don't I think anyone... Tevi, my producer, doesn't even know it exists. <laughs> we have we have everything from Starships by Nicki Minaj to Cute Without the E by Taking Back Sunday to New Slang by The Shins to Money Ain't a Thing by Jay-Z and Jermaine Dupri to Break the Ice by Britney Spears. I mean, we have a lot. We have Zero by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. We have I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance. We have Every Time We Touch by Cascada. We have, I have a lot of, there's a lot of, we have Defying Gravity from Wicked. I mean, there's a lot on this playlist that shouldn't be missed. And I need to add, I need to add to it because we have way more songs now. Um, Okay, so I know you guys are thinking, 
What year are we in if we're listening to the Smashing Pumpkins? We're in the year 1997. And to just kind of jog everyone's memory, to paint the picture as to what was going on in the world in 1997, and this is because specific to my guests today, I'm going to read you the top box office movies of 1997. And they are very good. Obviously, I bet you can guess the number one movie of 1997. You know. Was it Batman and Robin? No. <laughs> what was it? You know this. Think. Give your. Oh, was it Titanic? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. That would make sense because I saw this movie four times at the theater in high school. There you go. And then we have classic G.I. Jane, which was also huge. That I was guess. number two? No, it's not number two. But number one was Titanic. And then. And number two was probably Titanic. And maybe number three. Yeah, it was also Titanic. G.I. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, The Game. I love that movie. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, amazing film. Uh, one of my favorites, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, came out that year. The Fifth Element, another one of my favorites, came out that year. Obviously, Batman and Robin, Lost World, Jurassic Park, Devil's Advocate, Anastasia, the animated feature, which I did see in theaters. Baps, one of my favorite films, As Good As It Gets, another one of my favorite films. I mean, Good Burger, Jackie Brown, Austin Powers came out in 1997. Come on. And to just kind of round this out, wow, so many good ones. I'm just going to round this out in the last five that came out, okay? Con Air, Scream 2, Air Force One, Liar Liar, and My Best Friend's Wedding. That's actually stellar. I'm very proud. Unbelievable year. And you know, where were we when all of these films were coming out? We were in San Antonio, Texas. And who are we? We are Amy Nicholson. Amy. Oh, what a thrill to have you on the show. Good. It is a thrill to be here. I mean... Tell me what was going on with you in 1997. <laughs> I feel like that breath, we don't have that anymore. We don't have, like, all of those movies came out in the theater. They were all so different. Some were so crazy. So many different genres. I mi I wish that we were still in that time with movies. I totally agree, and I think about it all the time because part of why I think that moment was so special for movies is because you would kind of just show up to the theater and see – Whatever. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, feeling? Yes, you go and you'd be like, what's playing around this time? Exactly. You'd be like, oh, man, I hope I get to see Titanic. But yeah. if Titanic is sold out, oh, well. Like, you didn't know liar, it was sold liar. out. Exactly. So they were able yeah. to make, like, other films that people would spill over and go see. Mm -hmm. Like, my whole high school was getting dropped off at the movie theater with my friends. And we would just, like, walk around the mall. And then we'd go see whatever was playing. And usually, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie we wanted to see was, like, sold out. Mm -hmm. So then we'd go see Stargate or we'd go see just something absolutely random. And so my film history as a child was just seeing whatever was not popular that weekend. Yeah. You know? But those I mean, movies made money, too. So they kept making them because people like me, just teenagers, would go buy them. You'd get the spillover. Exactly. We don't have spillover anymore. You just no. like pick out your theater, you pick out your time, you pick out your seats I and know. you don't discover anything by accident. No. I think it's a huge problem. <sighs> it's but every sad. Time I, <laughs> I do feel like peak movie going was in the 90s. I feel like that's when it was so fun. But maybe I just feel that way because that's when I was a kid and that's what I'm most nostalgic for. But 
I don't know. I kind of feel like then like IMAX and all of that shit. And then like I, I hate I hate IMAX. I hate 3D. I hate wearing glasses. I hate seeing things like that wrap around. It makes me nauseous. So I just like a good old fashioned movie going experience. I am with you. Yeah. And I agree. Like so many of my memories from that period are just wonderful. Like it was exciting to go see Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like I was – 13 maybe when that movie came out and it just felt like the most exciting thing in the world that like suddenly you knew there was a new important film by Mm -hmm. a new important filmmaker yeah and my parents bought me the little paperback screenplay and i studied it that's so sweet your parents bought you that paperback screenplay i was kind of spoiled i mean i was gonna say ahead of all paperback (laughs) screenplays they were like here 13 year old child here's pulp fiction they were really weird about what they censored like i I read every stephen king book yep but then one day my dad was like i won't let you own the the cassette tape of use your illusion by guns and roses and then he like went through and he like censored out all the swear words in the liner notes because you know cassettes used to have all the lyrics and he inked them all out and then he gave it back to me. And that was the only time in my life they censored any of my media. Is he still alive? No, he's um, not. Yeah, he died when I was in college. My mom died when I was in college. It's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When nobody knows what to say to you. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a, I mean, it's always a tough age, no matter what. But like, it's a very particular age to lose a parent. I was 21. So I was like at the end of college. Same. I was a senior. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange time. Yeah. Yeah, because people don't talk about it with you. Or that was yeah. at least my experience. No, it was me like too. nobody knew what to say. So they were like No, I was like, let's do more coke and get wasted. <laughs> That's like was like my approach. Oh my god. I was like, <laughs> let's skip class and go drink beer and eat clam strips. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't do clam strips, <laughs> but I would have loved to skip class with you and eat clam strips. They were like two bucks at this bar nearby. Were they good? Yeah. They were good. Yeah, they're just fried. Is this in There's, Texas? This was in Oklahoma. Wow, clam strips in Oklahoma. Definitely like Cisco frozen. Definitely had been in a freezer. Bold. You know, I I love that. Devil make what? You know, why not? Our our parent just died. We had nothing to live for. Nothing to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, you know, when we link up with our deceased parents one day, you will need to ask your dad in the afterlife why he chose to censor (laughs) those lyrics. Because to me, that's like, Whatever you were going through in your adolescence, your dad had, like, some kind of a break where he was like, this is the problem. Like, this is how I'm going to make sure my child isn't a complete monster by censoring these lyrics. It's definitely not reading it, you know, where, like, where children have a lot of sex. And Yeah, they they fuck and they (laughs) also, like, get eaten by a clown. That's fine. But Guns N' Roses, Patience. Yeah. That wasn't on that album. You know, well, I never even really listened to that cassette. I mean, there was like two good songs on it. So, Well, I need to know, you know, since this is about high school, what were you like in high school? What was the vibe in high school? What was your high school like? What were you into? And just tell me everything. Totally. Um, well, I didn't talk my first month of high school because what? I was like the new kid. Um, I should say I went to public school my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then when I was a freshman, my parents decided they were going to move me to like an all-girls Catholic private school. Ooh, intense. Yeah. And I was really opposed, like very opposed. And they kind of tricked me into it. Mm -hmm. They were like, you don't have to go. We just want you to take the entrance exam so you can know how well you did on the entrance exam. And then you don't have to go, which shouldn't 
work, I guess, on most kids. Right. But I liked taking standardized tests when I was little because I really? just was like, were you good I, at them? Yeah, my mom used to write them, so she was always making me take wow. standardized tests. So I just love taking them. Wow. Okay. You know, you <laughs> always wonder. I literally talked about this this past weekend. Somehow we were talking about the SATs, and you know now, um, a lot of schools are making it optional. Like you can share or not share your standardized test scores, which I'm kind of like, fuck you. Like that's not fair. I don't think it is either. I think the SAT has really started like chasing trends that are just yeah. wrong. You know, the SAT to me, I'm, I'm going to be old school about it. Like the '90s SAT was like the sweet SAT, yeah, where it had analogies. Mm -hmm. You know, where you like really had to know how you thought. You know, like analogies mm -hmm. were there just to test your vocabulary, but also can you make associ associations? Mm -hmm. Can you be a flexible thinker? Like how creative are you? They were there to test your brain power and mm -hmm. not like your kind of rote memorization stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the SAT got more and more into like making it coachable, mm -hmm. writing this essay. You know, I yeah. used to be an SAT tutor for rich kids when I first moved here. So like Whoa. teaching them how to do well. And it got more biased when they tried to be more practical. Mm. I don't know. Like I thought it, I thought it worked best as just like a creativity analogy test. I, yeah, I mean, I was uh, talking about how I'm like, who even writes standardized tests? I literally was My like, mom. that's insane. <laughs> did yeah. she write SATs? She did. Yeah, she used to work for a company called Harcourt Brace Jovanovich. They did like textbooks and the SAT. Whoa. And that's why we moved to Texas when I was a little kid, because they had a big factory there. She was a educational psychologist, uh -huh. which means like she studied how kids think and learn. Not like That's their so cool. trauma, but like right. how are they learning things? Right. So I was like a test subject for her most of my life. Cool. Like do this SAT when I was five. Wow. So <laughs> yeah. when it came time for you to take your SATs. I aced it. Yeah. yeah. Like you had to get a perfect score. I, I did. Well, not in math, but I. Uh, like what? Like if it was out of, do you remember your score? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a real nerd like that. What was your score? I got a 1530. So I like oh, aced my English God. and then got a 730 in math. Which I get to talk about that now. Oh, I, I know we ever get to. I never get. No, asked you get about to. That. This is what this it whole podcast so is for. You get to talk yeah. about all of the things that we suppress <laughs> from high school. Wow, did you take? Oh, yeah. Did you take? It wasn't very popular when you graduated, but it became more popular, like my year or around the mid early mid 2000s to take the ACT? Yeah, I never even heard of that yeah. until I went to college. And then like half of my people took ACT. So I always kind of wish I would have known what I would have gotten on that. I like the ACT was the test for me because there was a science section. Ooh. And I was so bad at math. Like I was truly yeah. something was broken in my brain. I like could not compute math. But for some reason, like science worked for me which my teachers were always like how are you good at science and then not good at math like it usually goes together you know like romantic poets were good at science they were just I like am they a romantic poet they threw apples in the air like yeah there's a creativity to science yeah there is i mean there is a creativity to math too but i don't know I, the act was for me the sat i literally fell asleep i also my mom i've talked about this before but my mom thought that i was maybe narcoleptic in high school because mm. i would fall asleep <laughs> during every test like i couldn't stay awake and i tried to take the sat 
fell asleep. I think I got the score for like writing my name. And then my parents <laughs> were like, no, that's, <laughs> you're not going to take that. I mean, I will say part of why I, I worked so hard on getting my SAT score was because we did like a practice test when we were sophomores at, at my high school. And I came in second. And the girl who beat me referred to me by my SAT score for like the rest of the year. Which like was what? 136. It was because of the PSAT. Right, so it was right, like, right, you right. know, 1360. And I was like, I will destroy you. Wait, and hold so on. I had to. It was 13, <laughs> it was 1360 mm-hmm. because it was the PSATs. Yeah. And you were 1386. Wait. I was 1360. It was 1360. But then yeah. what's the highest score you could get? 1380. 1600. No, wait, I'm, oh. I'm fucking this up. Hold on, 1600, but it's a PSAT. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, they take off the zero for the PSAT. Okay, I so see what you're saying. So they just give you like a round number. Saying. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That's really evil. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was like a prodigy. She was like a year younger than everybody else in my school. I'm very smart. But I was like, I will destroy you, Susan. And then and you did. <laughs> and I did, yeah. It, we're, we're Instagram friends. She has a lovely life, lovely dog. That's but. so funny that you guys are Instagram friends now. Oh, yeah, we're all Instagram friends. We're a small school. How how big was your school? Like 117, I think. Total? Oh, just for my grade. Oh, okay. But it felt small to me because well, I came from small. like a public school. Yeah. A public yeah. school in Texas that was probably huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So then now you're in this all girls school. Is it uniform? Yeah. A uh, black watch plaid. You know, like the. It's yeah, that's like kind of like. Blue that's navy. That's kind of hot. I loved it. It's very like, did you roll it? Were you yes. like, yeah. Yeah, with the boxers underneath. So you'd be like, I'm rolling it, but you can't see my, my butt. My butt. Yeah. Yeah, what we kind had of boxers? Uh, my dad's. <laughs> <laughs> really? So, yeah. Would you like steal his underwear? I stole all of his clothes. Yeah. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, he had like old Levi's, old t-shirts. I loved his clothes. That's I loved his great. old sweaters. Do you still have them? I have a bunch of his shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I adore his shirts. They're really, he has this one that says Canada or bust. He was he like, Canadian? He, he went on like a hiking trip through Canada. Uh-huh. And it's from like the month I was conceived. So, I love like, that. I love that shirt. Yeah. Wait, did they conceive? Did they have sex on the hiking trip? They he conceived me the night before he left on the trip. Oh, okay, yeah. and then I was Did gonna I say Canada or bust is kind of funny because oh. it could have been like <laughs> busting in Canada. <laughs> wow, that's an image I now have. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, did you have siblings? <laughs> no, just me. See, that's why you're, like, so well-spoken and unique. That's how I got that uh, Pulp Fiction screenplay. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say. See, this is – you are – my argument for having one child. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm always telling my friends to stop at one. Yeah. Yeah. One and done. It's great. Solitary spawn, I call it. Yeah. Are you – do you have some? Yes. Of course I have siblings. <laughs> Look at me. I'm sitting here in a lime green dress being like, it's Halloween. I, I'm, I'm the baby of my family. There are three of us. Oh, the I baby? Have, yeah, I'm the baby. I have a sister and then I have a brother. But my brother, who's your age, he's my half brother. But I mm. call him my brother. I don't even know why I just made it public that he's a half brother because he's not my half brother. He's my whole brother. Oh, is he cute? Is he fun? He's cute and fun. <laughs> and my sister's also cute and fun. We're all so different and and all so, so the same. And it's cool. That's always been my theory with people with siblings is like you become very individual to differentiate yourself. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but that's just my guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but but then you meet the freakazoids like and you probably went to school with some of them. I feel like you really would see this in high school where like all of the siblings are all the same. 
where they all like kind of look the same, kind of have the same interests. I do think that there is either you're like our family where we're all kind of different or you really like follow in the line of your like my brother played football. So then I played football and then like my brother was good at math. So then I studied really hard at math. Like I feel like that's also (laughs) a way of things, too. That sounds so constrictive. I know. Yeah. I mean, I warn people that the one issue with only kids is we don't get to have the dumb fights that I assume people with siblings have. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, that's my doll. Give it back. I hate you. And then you're cool in like an hour. Like we don't do that at all. We have nobody to fight with casually. Did you find yourself being lonely in high school? Definitely at the beginning. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. This is all over the place. Oh, this yeah. episode's all over the place. But I, <laughs> I do need to circle back to you being mute for yeah. the first month of your freshman year. I was terrified because mm-hmm. I thought everybody who went to like a all-girls Catholic school would be like really rich mm-hmm. and really snotty. And they did all, for the most part, know each other from first grade, mm-hmm. from different little schools. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of there's so many Catholic schools in San Antonio, Texas. And so like there were maybe four or five that they had all gone to together mm-hmm. and then like grown up together. So everybody already knew everybody when I got there. And I was so scared. Like I didn't know how to talk to anybody. And Do you think it's because you're an only child? I think it's a lot of that. I think that's probably why my parents put me in that school mm. is because I was very lost in middle school. Like I didn't know. I was so freaked out about having friends because – you don't have anybody to play with right. when you're a little kid, when right. you're an only child. So it's like I had to make friends and I was just like all anxious about it. Aww. And I think they were like, you need a hard reset. You right. know, like get in uniforms. Don't worry about what you're wearing to school Be in the with morning. all girls. Yeah, yeah. Like don't have boys screwing with your head. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of like reboot. Yeah. And it was wonderful once I got past the first month. But I remember like we had Halloween, you know, mm-hmm. that first freshman year and I was – only starting to talk to people then and I was like what do I do it's I bet it's you know I was still in my head that it was a really rich school which it actually wasn't I just mm-hmm. thought it was because I'd only seen movies about I was gonna schools. say I think like the symbolism of Catholic school in pop culture throughout yeah. history has like been rich uh bitchy girls exactly like the cruel intentions model the yeah. cruel intentions or even in like superstar yeah even in heathers i mean that wasn't a catholic school i think that was a public school but it was still <laughs> the idea of like a mob of girls being rich and cunty that's what i expected yeah and i remember making my dad take me to a halloween costume shop mm-hmm. for our first halloween because we got to wear you know an actual outfit to school that was like not our, our uniform And I was like, all these rich kids are going to be in the most elaborate costumes. I was really freaked out about it. So I made him rent me this like really expensive, I think I was a genie, like, you know, (laughs) like rent me a very expensive Halloween costume so I could compete, you know, with like the other girls at the school. And then everybody was just in pajamas and stuff. And I realized I was the crazy one in that actually everyone was normal and I was the weirdo. Did they respect you for coming in an elaborate genie costume or were they like, who is this freak? I think it helped break the ice. Mm, that's a good. Bit. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, look at this personality shining through. Yeah. Mute girl is now <laughs> genie girl and she's very interesting. She has a turban. You have wow. to look out. <laughs> They were like, she has a turban. And on that note, we're going to go to a little break, and then we are going to be right back.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we're back. So after Halloween, your freshman year, then you started making friends. Yeah, like kind of a bunch of things happened right in that October. Like uh, we were in an English class together and one of the teachers read my story aloud, mm-hmm. which really freaked me out because it was like dark and angry. It what was, was like it about? we had to adapt a, 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 a known short story into like our story. We had to like mix them together. Uh-huh. And so I picked Call of the Wild and Most Dangerous Game. Uh-huh. You know, Call of the Wild is like buddy with a, with a wolf friend. Yeah, and yeah. then Dangerous Game is like hunting men. Yeah. So I was like, that was about the wolf trying to hunt and kill the man. Ooh. And it was like very violent at the end. And she read it out loud. And I think that was the first time anybody noticed I existed. Mm. And it was a kind of weird way to be noticed. But yeah. That happened, and then one of the really great girls just befriended me right after that. And so, like, her birthday was in October, so I went to her birthday party. It was the first time I got invited anywhere. And, yeah, she became my best friend, one of them, throughout the whole time. So That's so sweet. It meant a lot. Sarah, thank you. Did you end up – so then after that, did you, like – have an evolution in high school? Did you go from, like – being this, you know, quiet, shy girl to them being like a popular girl that ran the halls. We didn't have popular mm-hmm. in a way because we were so small. And because like, it's all girls. I yeah. feel like even though people th- assume that all girls, I, everyone that I know that's gone to an all girls school, my sister went to an all girls school. Oh. I have a lot of friends that went to all girls schools. Yeah. I feel like that's actually like kind of dismantled in those environments yeah it super is like there was a clique of girls that we called the buffies Mm -hmm. because you knew they would be the popular girls at another school Mm -hmm. but at our school they were just the buffies yeah it was just like a cloistered group of you know girl the girls who did have the purses right but they were fine they were like we didn't really talk to them but Mm -hmm. they were fine I love that they were called the Buffies. (laughs) I think that that's such I like I don't want to be a Buffy but like being a Buffy also sounds cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being like oh, I'm a part of the Buffies. Did you have a click name? Uh, I didn't. I don't think. Or maybe we didn't. I didn't know about it. Mm. But yeah, we were sort of a weird click of friends. My kind of group. We were like sort of artsy, sort of jockish. 
I wasn't the jock, but like all my friends played basketball. Mm. So I became the team manager so I could hang out with them. I was a team manager. I was a team manager for boys varsity basketball. So I could have sex with them. Very different then. God. Yeah. That is an in. Yeah. My um my boyfriend my senior year was on the boys varsity basketball team. And I literally well, I managed junior year as well, but we weren't dating then. Then senior year um it was very convenient to travel with them for their little away games you know oh my god that is a life hack Mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah i like once i realized that if i just managed boys sports teams i could be around (laughs) boys all the time i was like okay and then i also managed this was short-lived my sophomore year i managed boys varsity baseball but then i was like this is so fucking boring. Who are better long. kissers, the baseball guys or the basketball guys? Okay, well, my hottest boyfriend of all time to this day, outside of my gorgeous, loving husband, Abe, <laughs> um, was a boy my sophomore year of high school. He went to a different school than me. He is so gorgeous. I want to say his whole name. I mean, I could say, I I mean, I'm saying that he's the most gorgeous man on earth. So Patrick Collins, (laughs) if you're hearing this, you were, you take the award for my hottest boyfriend ever until I met my now husband. Was it like blue-eyed? Blue-eyed, dark hair, gorgeous, was amazing at playing guitar, was like artistic and also played baseball and he was mysterious and he broke my heart as I would hope he would. And I mean, I didn't hope he would then, but in hindsight, I was like, you know, I can't be perfect. I had to have one gorgeous guy break my heart. And (laughs) now I think, um, you know, I think he's like probably doing something really cool somewhere. I'm going to look him up and find out. Let me know. I will. I'm curious. Yeah, he was really, really gorgeous. And I, anyway, so I managed the uh, boys' varsity baseball team my sophomore year. And it just so happened that he played varsity baseball too. And that's how I would see him, like, because we would go to his school for games. And I would be like, oh. That I love those little baseball uniforms, those little pants. They are kind of nice, aren't they? They're hot. They are kind of hot. I'm a basketball person, but I I, admire. is so fun. Yeah. But the worst outfits. I kind of liked it when they had the short shorts. Oh, the short shorts were cute. (laughs) Those are so cute. Love seeing those gams. But basketball players have the best fashion. Yes. Like there's an Instagram account, League Fits, which is like monitors what everybody's wearing as they walk into the locker room. and Gorgeous. They're silent. Like Russell Westbrook elevated the game and everybody's like chasing him. And Kyle Kuzma wears like these gigantic like sweaters where the arms go down to his knees. No, they do have the best style. Yeah. I think, though, like in terms of I want to see ass when I see (laughs) athletes play and ass goes to number one ass is baseball players. You see there because they're wearing the tightest pants. Yeah. And then number two ass to not be dismissed is golfers. Okay. You know, never don't sleep on golfers asses. I, I or, or do sleep on them if you're invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So since you were in an all-girls school, did you have a boyfriend at all in high school? Yeah. 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 The way that it worked in my town 
was there were like two major girl schools and two major boys schools mm-hmm. or three major boys schools, two girl schools, three boys schools. And um, each one had a different tenor of person you'd date. Like if you were dating a guy from Central, you assumed he'd be kind of preppy, mm-hmm. kind of rich. If you were dating a guy who went to Holy Cross, you'd assume he was like maybe a little rougher around the edges, you know, but probably religious and very like mom devoted. If you were dating the guys from my school, which was the minor one that mm-hmm. I well, forgot about, even as I was like listing it, they, their name was St. Anthony mm-hmm. and they were the smallest. They had like 20, 25 in a grade Whoa. and they used to have to live on campus oh. and they were like the artsy weirdo guys. Love that. So that was my school. And so yes. like we all, my friends and I dated from this very small pool of men, which was way too small. A lot of a lot of hurt feelings by senior year. Crossover. So yeah. much crossover. Mm. So much crossover. But you know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? There weren't that many guys to me. And we had to do all the dating, mm. by which I mean, like, we had all the dances and they didn't have the dances. So we had to do all the prom inviting, all the semi-formal. Really? You had to invite them all to prom? Yeah. I mean, I never got to get invited to prom because we had the prom. Well, that seems unfair. kind of was. And not to be antiquated, but sometimes a lady wants to be asked to prom. You know, we got a little robbed in that. I mean, I guess if you dated a richer school that had a prom, but my boys didn't. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So did you have the same boyfriend all of high school? Oh, no, I really jumped around. That's good. (laughs) How many did you have? Oh, you know, I have a list of everybody (laughs) I've ever kissed. Really? Yes. Of everyone, hold on, of everyone you've ever kissed. Yeah. And what does a kiss entail? Like lip to lip. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So any lip to lip and. Is it a novel size? It was very thorough until I met my boyfriend about six years ago. Now it has a very abrupt ending. Mm, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and an asterisk, you know, if they're a significant they're good or, or uh, you know, if we, you know, continued kay. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Move forward from just kissing. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm um, so impressed by that. You know, I started it in college because I was like, I will forget this. And there are some early ones where I'm like, guy and cowboy had it part you know yeah because i didn't quite remember but yeah. i knew in college that i would want this archaeological record because mm-hmm. it's kind of out you see the different stages of your life yeah what kind of boys you were into at different periods yeah a lot of guys i wouldn't even remember from my 20s if i didn't have this list oh so. my god I'm, I'm jealous like i i did write a list of everyone i've ever had sex with that's good <sighs> Is well, it a good list? Do you like it? No. <laughs> no, I don't like the list. It's far too long. Could have been way more selective. Would have been, should have curated harder when I was younger. But then you might not be the whole magical being that is you. We are Absolutely. shaped by our weirdest we experiences as well. You know, it's funny. I, um, I was hanging out with some friends last week and I played a prank on one of them that I had only ever had sex with condoms. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I've only ever had sex with condoms. I was like, my whole life, I've never not had sex without a condom. I've only had sex with my husband with a condom, blah, 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 blah. And he like really believed it. And then finally I was like, Jeffrey, I was like, I've never used a condom in my fucking life. I'm kidding. (laughs) I will share too. I didn't lose my virginity till my senior, till like right after graduation. Mm-hmm. I lost it that summer. That's that's very nice and responsible. I waited till I was eighteen, barely legal. That's really yeah. good. But it was weird because I didn't have, 
I didn't lose my virginity to any of my boyfriends before because I really believed in that narrative that there was like there was kind of the scared straight narrative where it was like don't lose your virginity to your boyfriend because then he's just going to like say he never loved you and dump you. Yeah. Do you know that one? Yes, of course. And so well, that- that's again not to keep on bringing up movies, but that's also what we. The, all, all that you see in movies is like if you're too easy in high school, the guy's gonna like think you're a slut after he fucks you, and then exactly. you're gonna be just a dirty slut. Exactly. Yeah. So I went hard the other way, and I like was like, well, fine, I'm going to lose my virginity to somebody I don't care about. Mm. And so it was like a much older bassist Ooh. in a punk band, Ooh. and I was like, that's the one. Yeah. You know, um, how much older? <laughs> seven or eight years eight years eight years eight years years. yeah yeah and so like i remember feeling so blunt about my needs Mm -hmm. when i was 18 in a way that i really respect like i was like you're taking me on a road trip so he drove me to corpus christi it was like we're staying at a motel we picked a motel and then i remember telling him i don't want to use condoms because i want my first time to feel very natural like, I want to know exactly what this is. Wow. And so then the next morning, I made him drive me to a Planned Parenthood in Corpus Christi. And I, like, went in. And I was like, I would like the morning after pill. I just lost my virginity to this gentleman right here. Wow. And, <laughs> and she was like, I don't think you need it. And she sent me away. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. she. I don't know what her theory was on why I didn't need it. But she was like, you're probably fine. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, I am going to yeah. assume that it all worked out okay. It did, and weirdly, I wound up dating that guy for like half of my fresh first year of college. Okay, so it was it- very sweet. He like would send me letters every week. He would like handwrite them and misspell a bunch of words, and that's when I knew I had to date somebody else. But <laughs> that's so funny that you said that because my mom told me a story. Of when she was dating some guy, also when she was in college, he would send her letters, and he, my mom was like, his grammar was so bad <laughs> that I had to break up with him. Yeah, and I was like, really breaking up with someone over bad grammar? But now I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It was hard. Like he had never gotten to go to college, and so like yeah. he was using the wrong there the whole time, mm-hmm. and. You know, there was a cute guy who lived on my floor who was an astrophysics and film double major and on the swim team. And I was like, well. And he's using the right there. And he's using the right there. And he had a big, big, big red afro. So I was like, that's Absolutely. that's my man. Yeah. Oh, a big red <laughs> afro. It was very cute. Did you play? You did not play sports in high school. No, I've never done anything athletic in my life. That's fabulous. Um, <laughs> did you? I think that's so glamorous and luxurious. Yeah. I think when people are like, I've never played a sport in my entire life. Mm. I'm like, I love that. That to me feels, that's like royal, you know? That's very, why should I unnecessarily exert myself and move my body to prove what, you know? I can sit and read and think. (laughs) And my my athleticism is in my hand from writing and masturbating furiously. (laughs) That's luxury. I appreciate that. I was on the golf team for like a month. I just realized I forgot about that. But I, but that's about it. Again, a luxurious <laughs> sport. You're kind of walking around, staring at asses, putting I a ball. Have been. Yeah, I didn't stare at enough asses when I was on the golf team. It was like me and two other girls. Girl golf clothes are also Girl. just awful. No, I've been buying a lot of like old Izod golf shorts. Those are nice. They're not because they're kind of pleated and mm-hmm. bright colored, and they're yeah. very high waisted. Yes, but you know, they're also. I realize I look like a. 
like a like an elderly tourist from certain angles in them. <laughs> <laughs> did you like play music or what? Did you do any extracurriculars in high school? Yeah, uh, we went to see a lot of music because like Sarah, my friend that I mentioned, mm-hmm. who would like kind of welcome me in. She was just like the coolest person I'd ever met when we met. Like she, her whole family was musicians. Mm. Her family ran like um, like a community center in like the bad part of town, you know, yeah. by which I mean like when I would go drive to her house to visit her, we would get pulled over by the cops who would be like, you're in the wrong neighborhood, aren't you? Are you lost? And we'd be like, no, she lives here. Like, really? Yeah, it was like that. And so her whole family was just musicians. Her parents were folk musicians. Her brother was a rock musician. She's founded a band when we were like 15. I wasn't in the band, but I was like, you know, taking all their photos and stuff like that. And because of that, like one of the local bars called Taco Land Mm -hmm. um, would let her in for free because she had to play shows. And then it would let me in for free because I was her best friend. So it was like a taco land. Yeah. And so it was like a 21 and over place, but we spent all of our high school going there for free because we didn't have to pay a cover. He would just put big X's on our hands. Right. I don't know why he did that to us. It was really nice. So nice. It was really welcoming, but that's why we all dated older bassists. I loved getting the the X's on our hands. They're kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, nothing yeah. more embarrassing than being like, I'm cool. I'm little, but it's, it's kind of cute. cute. Yeah. It, now it kind of occurs to me that it occurs to me might have been like older men stay away. They have X's on their hands. Yeah. Which we also probably needed. But yes. yeah. But it was a fun, weird place where they'd have like, oh, one time somebody brought a chicken and they tried to have a cockfight there and then everyone got mad at him. But, you know, they, yeah. there was like kind of, it was rough and tumble. Yeah. The owner wound up dying he got shot a few years later after oh we graduated god yeah it was it was a rough place the tragedy of taco land the tragedy of taco land there's a song about it by oh it's either the dead milkman or the dead kennedys i always get it confused called taco land because it was just like where all the grotty bands played wow so that was really our thing we went there all the time yeah and like saw all the shows and knew all the nerdy local bands and like hung out with all the older people and just tried to pretend that we were old. Did you drink? Not really. Like cool. Yeah. San Antonio, if you went to a house party, there was usually somebody's uncle with a margarita machine and they Mm. didn't care if you had one. Right. But yeah, didn't really drink like a beer here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really start drinking till college. Did you smoke? No, I've never smoked a cigarette. That's like my one. In your life? Yeah. You and my brother and one other person <laughs> that I know have never smoked a cigarette in their entire life. Really? Yeah, I'm fascinated. Well, it's like they tell you if you start before 18, you're going to get addicted. And then I was like, well, then I'll wait till I'm 18. I don't right. want to get addicted. Right. And then once I was 18, I knew all these people who were trying to quit. Mm. That was part of the magic of having all these older friends right. is like – they were, you know, some of them got really rotted out on like meth. And you were like, oh, don't want to do that. So, like, I saw what happened to them and it made it scared me straight yeah. as a kid. I mean, seeing someone rot from meth will scare you straight for sure. I was like, oh, she got so skinny. What's happening? It was scary. But I do remember once, like, we moved houses when I was a junior. We moved from like a littler house that we probably should have stayed into like a bigger house for some weird reason, where it was just the three of us and I was about to leave. Mm. But before my parents moved in for real, like I had keys to the house and I invited one of my like older boyfriends and his friend over like one night and um, we all just like ran around the house and played the Fuji's album really loud and played hide and go seek and there was no furniture. But they left me one beer 
And I remember taking this beer and hiding it inside a perfume box and being like, someday I'm going to have this beer. <laughs> and then about a year later, looking for the beer and it was gone. And somehow my mother had found it. And I still don't. It's one of those mysteries of my life. Like, was she in my bathroom closet shaking everything? How did she know I had a beer? That is crazy. What did she do with the beer? Yeah, very strange. Wait, is your mom still alive? Yeah. You can ask her. You know, it never occurred to me. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I thought I'd get in trouble. <laughs> ask her. Say, say, Mom, this is really random, but I was yeah. on this podcast talking about high school. Yeah. And I got to know, I hit a beer in a perfume box. It was a Bud Light in like an opium box. Yeah. What happened to it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'll know. You, you She'll think. Know. She got to. She's got to know. I did that with uh, Sparks. Do you remember Sparks? I do remember Sparks. I hit a Sparks and I had a hat box in my room. A hat box? You owned hats? Well, I went through a phase like when I was in middle school where I was like obsessed with wearing my great grandmother and my grandmother's like fascinators to school. Oh, that's glamorous. It was, it was, I was very like that girl for a <laughs> period of time. And I would also wear this like, I would wear their vintage dresses and I would wear this like Kelly Green pea coat. I remember that I loved. Oh, we would have been friends. And I, I think would, I had a Kelly Green pea coat. I I loved it, and I did feel very glamorous. And I wore these um, these red. I had red pumps for some reason. This is middle school. <laughs> yes, I was. I was like really like really fashion oriented in middle. School. I mean, and throughout high school, but like I was going through my. I w 1950s like glamour. I always as joke, one does when they're 12. Yes, <laughs> I always joke that I was like one step away from going full rockabilly at one point in my life. Like I really wanted to get a pinup girl tattooed on my arm, and I was like one hair away from being, you know. I mean, Dita Von Teese is not rockabilly, but but I, she's in the vibe. She's, she's in, in the, the family. in the zone. Like you know. I don't know. I mean, it's a good look. Like the the dresses, the fits. Like they rockabilly is cut to a woman's body in a way yeah. that fashion hasn't always been historically yeah. through our own lives. Yeah. So I get the appeal. Yeah, I, I was like, I went through a one moment where I was like, I want to be Brody Dale, and then I was like, no, that's too too extreme, and I don't look good <laughs> being that punky. And then I was like, rockabilly is a good medium, and then I was like, no, and then I think I just, you know, started wearing low rise jeans and whatever oh, else. God, I hear they're coming back, and I'm terrified. They are. I won't do it. I won't either. Good. I don't, I don't want a long torso and short legs. No, it's so. Why do you want to look like like what it? Remember that old Warner Brothers guy who was like the crazy tooth thing, like the orange square? <laughs> yes, furry? yes. Why do we want to dress like that again? <laughs> it's terrible. Ugh, oh, my uh, God. Wait. Knock, knock, knock? Is that a door knock I hear? Okay. Oh, yes, it is. We're in the high school guidance counselor's office. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I'm your high school guidance counselor. <laughs> in this section of the show, you get to um, – Say fuck you to someone or apologize for something that's haunting you of your high school past. Oh, no. We get to rectify any wrongdoings of a uh, of yesteryear of high school <laughs> of high school uh, lore. Maybe that works. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So you can oh, use, use this time wisely. I do have one grudge on a teacher. Okay, and Let's I have one it. teacher I should apologize to. Let's do both. We okay. love to cure all. I'll start with the apology. Okay. Um, 
I really loved writing all the time Mm -hmm. from when I was a little kid. And I thought when I was 15 to be the best writer meant using the most adjectives and the most adverbs and just the biggest sentences forever, which is still a problem I I deal with. And I remember my teacher, Miss Eddie, would give me a hard time about it and tell me to read Hemingway and learn how to write with more concision. And I wrote an anonymous note that said Hemingway sucks and I slid it under her door. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) So I feel bad about that still because she was right and Hemingway is amazing and I didn't get it. Um, I do like that, though, because <laughs> yeah. in your like little peanut sized high school brain, you're like, this is going to fucking sting her. I'm going to show her. Yeah. 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 Hemingway sucks. Anonymous. I know. I'm sorry, Miss Eddie. You didn't deserve that. Um, she probably knows me, too. <laughs> she certainly did, but she never brought it up. Uh, and then there's a another teacher. Yeah. And I'm still sort of mad at I think his name is Mr. O'Connor. And when I was a junior in high school, we decided we were going to start a newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yeah, I want to start a newspaper. I'm going to be the editor of the newspaper. It's going to be really sick. We had a lot of meetings about it. He was the faculty member who signed on to be like our advisor. Mm-hmm. And we got into two really big fights that wound up in me quitting the paper and walking away and never, ever taking part in it. What? Yeah. What were they about? But the first one started over the name of the paper because, you know, I felt strongly that the paper should be called Opus. You know, I thought it should be sort of like a little big, a little goofy, a little yeah. grandiose and unusual. I thought Opus was a cute name. I thought it was sort of cuddly, reminded me of the cartoon. Yeah. And I really fought hard for Opus. And he told me to my face that people would laugh at us if we were called Opus. We could never live up to the name Opus. And then instead, he thought we should just call our paper The Paper. He thought that was so classy and like understated, The Paper. And I was like, absolutely not. And if we took it to the principal off, I was like mad. <laughs> And what happened? He won. Um, no, and then it was just called yeah. The Paper? It was just called The Paper. And then uh, our first issue, we were getting ready for that. And a big thing had just happened to my school, which is the boys' school I was talking about, St. Anthony's. My senior year, we were going to allow them to start taking classes with us. Not a ton, but like one or two they could kind of fold in. Mm-hmm. So the boys were going to be on our campus just a little bit. And I was like the I was one of the two photographers of my school. And so I was like, I know exactly the cover shot. And I got this guy, Apollo, who went to the other school. And I took a picture of him shirtless wearing our uniform skirt and kind of majestic. You know, it was like a low angle. It was like, ta-da. I was like, this is our cover shot. And they were like, absolutely not. You will not have nipples in the paper. And I was like, but it's funny. And it's our uniform. And it's about our story. And it's about buying them. Yeah. And they said no. And so I quit. Well, I would have quit too. <laughs> I was like, Come clearly, on. this is not a paper. The paper does not value creativity, thinking ahead, being groundbreaking. Exactly, pushing, changing, the, pushing the limits, changing the rules. Exactly. You should have just started your own little like Gonzo paper. I should have because I was really mad, and I'm still mad about it. Like I'm still weirdly very annoyed about this. Well, I think that something that we talk a lot about on this show is the feeling of um, seeing your younger self and seeing them do something really cool and creative and awesome and then having these like fucking square ass uninspired people completely demolish your little dreams and there's something about that that is really heartbreaking Because when you're in your adolescence, that's when you're, like, understanding your taste and your creativity and how to execute things and, like, you know, 
should I not everyone is so strong willed. And I think that sometimes that can really be like, oh, well, now I never have a good idea ever. And I should never even pursue any of my creative passions. And that's the opposite of what they should be doing. Yeah, they should be fostering us. I know. And I just really hated rules, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was not like a bad kid, but I was I hated all of their stupid rules. Like we had a lot of really stupid rules. And, you know, so in my tiny ways, I would see what I could do with to fuck with them like we had to wear these we weren't allowed to wear coats inside which i hated because it was so cold and we had to only have have these like really thin polyester sweaters and so mine was way too big for me weirdly and so i like took the sleeves and like cut them off and kind of cut off the brim cut off all the elastic and made it kind of like a grungy looking sweater Mm -hmm. and they were like you can't do that and i was like it's not in the rule book that i can't do that and that fight went up to the principal and i finally got the principal to tell me Technically, you are right. This is not in the yearbook. But for the good of the other classmates and to set an example, will you just wear a normal sweater again? And it was her telling me I was right. That was like my turn on. And I was like, great. I just need to know that. And now I will do though. And now I'll wear a normal sweater. But I just needed you to concede the point that I was right. Yeah. Um, And then my senior year, they made us get uniform shoes, which I was really upset about. Because we used to be able to wear docks and stuff. Yeah. And then my senior year, they're like, you have a choice of saddle shoes or this one pair of like oxblood loafers from Bass. And so I was like, I'll do the oxblood loafers from Bass, but there's no rule that I can't paint them with opalescent nail polish. Yeah. So I did that. And I got away with that for a very long time. And then they found out and then they got mad at me. And I was like, you didn't have this in the rule book. And I just ended up wearing them until I graduated because I was just mad and I wasn't going to change. And I was like, what are you going to do? Like, kick yeah. me out of school? No. Yeah. I'm on the math wall of fame. You can't do that. I'm, I'm on the math wall of fame? <laughs> yeah. What were you on the math wall of fame for? For my 730. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Are, are you still on the math wall of fame? I should go home and check. You should. I should. Be like, because that's another bone to pick if they yeah. took you off the math wall of fame. Yes. I should still be up there. I bet you probably are because I think it's really rare to get a perfect score in math, mm-hmm. I feel. Or a 730, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, my the I do know that Abe got, my husband got a perfect math score. Really? That was it, though. He didn't get anything else perfect on the SAT. But a perfect math, math. Was, Yeah. Does he do mathy things? No. He was just so good at math. Wow. He says that he used to get stoned and then, like, it was, like, almost like a meditative. Doing math was, like, so easy and calming for him. Because there's always the, there's always a right answer, which yeah. I see the appeal of math because you're like, okay, I know that there's only one option, you know? Exactly. So it's not like using your analytical brain as much as it is just being like, I know that there's just one answer, so I just have to find it. Like a hunter-gatherer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Like when I went to grad school and I had to take the GRE – I studied very hard for the math because I was like, it's been a long time since I've done math. And I was like cocky about my English because I've been tutoring kids in the SAT for so long. Yeah. And I loved studying math again. Like I hadn't studied math in maybe six years. Right. And But like to dig back into math felt so great. And then I wound up bombing the English because I didn't practice it at all. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. I could I, – test taking it makes me nauseous <laughs> thinking about it. Um, Tevi, do we have a classmates corner? We do. This is when our my listeners get to write in and they get to be guided by us. Oh, cool. Um, if you would like me and my fabulous guests to answer one of your quandaries or little uh, bones to pick with your high school past, please email us at seniorsuperlativespod at gmail.com. Tevi, please take it away. 
Hi, Greta. Class of 2020 here. I actually discovered your work when I was a senior in high school and have been such a, such a fan ever since. Really love listening to your podcast. This is more of a general question rather than referring to a specific trauma. One of the most important things towards starting to heal from the wounds of high school is realizing that I am much cooler and hotter than the people who were cruel to me in high school, according to my standards of what is cool and hot. How do I not just assume I'm better than other people when feeling insecure, particularly about my ability to connect with certain people, as this doesn't feel like a good way to go about the world? Thanks so much, Emma. Okay. Well, first of all, thrilled to know high schoolers are engaging with my work. That means that makes me feel good. Scary to know that you were listening to whatever I was saying when you were like 16 or 17. But, you know, we were all doing that. We were Some of us were reading uh, Pulp Fiction when we were 12. So, you know, well-rounded individuals. Um, what would you say to this fresh, freshly graduated, you know, only graduated nearing three years ago. So still nubile to the world. Man. I mean, I would say that, I mean, part of what stuck out to me in that question was that this person is worried that maybe they're like over, I was sensing a little bit of fear of overcorrecting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so scared of being insecure that I will be very secure in how I feel about myself. Or mm -hmm. like the idea of, to me, that question was like, am I being a bad person by thinking I'm actually pretty cool? Yeah. And in a way, I really respect that self-honesty because mm -hmm. I feel, I mean, that I'm a, I'm much older and I still feel like I can fall into that trap too. Yeah. You know, which I think is, I mean, there's got to be worse ways to live through the world, but I really, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Than thinking you're good. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think there's something great about thinking that you're good. But yeah. But then this is something that my boyfriend and I talk about all the time in couples therapy. So I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. As in, as in like, um, as in, one way of translating that is like to pump yourself up and make yourself feel so strong that then you don't like to be vulnerable. Yeah. And and that is kind of a, a thing that I feel like I have done. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm good, I'm good, I've got this, I got this, I'm capable, I'm capable, I'm strong, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And then I'm not allowing any room for human weakness. Yeah. So what I admire about that question is they're already wondering like, do I need to add more human weakness to my life? Yeah. And that's beautiful to be I thinking know, about that I know, it's such a young already. age. Yeah, that sounds actually very mature to me, to be wondering how I can be a more well-rounded person. I would agree. Here's the thing. I also know that I'm hotter and better than all the people that bullied <laughs> me in high school. And I don't feel shame about that. I also know that everyone's on their own journeys. And I can't judge them for, you know, here's, here's the thing. Now, I do feel like a lot of those people recognize how cruel they were. And I think that, to me, it's like, to me, it's like a taste, right? It's like, uh, you know, you need to mature a little bit to see this, this amazing thing in front of you that maybe you didn't appreciate before. So I think that's something that can happen is like these uh, people that were mean to you or these people that you now feel, quote unquote, better than. You need to know that you have reasons to feel that way because if someone was cruel to you, you need to be like, no, wait, I'm right. I am cool. They are cruel. But eventually, you know, everything kind of balances out. Eventually, they'll see, oh, wait, that person that I was a fucking dick to, they were actually really cool. And then you can also be like, oh, that person that was a dick to me, like, 
they're fine now, you know? And I think that you just have to give it more time to like balance out. I kind of feel like that's what's happened to me. And now I'm kind of just like peace and blessings to all those who were shitty to me. And you don't have to be anyone's friends, but you also don't need to wish them ill will. I agree. And I think that balancing out does happen really naturally. Like I was explaining to my boyfriend this weekend that like I'm Facebook friends with this girl who bullied me, you know, sort of bad for like a while in high school. Like she put melted gum on my da- on my dashboard. Oh, wait, windshield. What so like smeared everywhere. Bitch. I know. But like at some point we became Facebook friends and now I like all her statuses and she likes mine and we've never talked about it and I've never Whatever. seen her again. But sort of like there's a piece to it. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah there is a piece to it yeah i remember watching the movie almost famous Mm. and i think i think that philip seymour hoffman his character has a line that said you know everybody always meets in the middle eventually like and i remember my mom explaining that concept to me and i do think i think that's a really true statement like I do think that whoever felt so hot and popular at one point in time and whoever felt like a loser at one point in time, there's one place where you'll both be here and you may not know that you're both there, but there will be like, there is an equalizer at the end of the road. Like the hot, cool cunts of high school don't stay hot, cool cunts forever. The loser freaks in high school end up becoming the hot cunts. The hot cunts end up becoming the loser freaks. And while this is happening, there's always this. And then it goes like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so true. Like one of the paintings I have in my house that's hanging over my bed was by a girl that I wasn't friends with in high school. And she, you know, became so, 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 so cool after graduation. Mm -hmm. This like amazing artist. And we reconnected when I went back home and I was like, you're the fucking coolest person. Yeah. And she became this really great painter and I have it as like a cowboy scene and it's like in my house. There you go. And this is actually making me realize I should say, you know that this is a fake tattoo, right? I didn't know if you thought I had a weird no, tattoo. No, I, thought, said, I oh. thought it was a real tattoo, no. but I didn't know it was a fake one. We had a Halloween party this week and it's a, we had an airbrush tattoo station. It looks cool. Oh, thank you. I like it. I realized I was like, I'm saying I'm from Texas and here well, I have yeah, these cactuses. There was. I was like, I was like the kind of yeah. a blown out Texas pride. Yeah, it'll be gone tomorrow, but I've just been treasuring it. I think it. it's cool. <laughs> I like it. Go get it done. Thanks, man. I wish that I could say my tattoos were fake. Unfortunately, they're all too real. Um, <laughs> if you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would you say? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You know... It's weird because I feel very similar to her still. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of wound up, I don't know, she was interested in the same stuff I was. And mm-hmm. I'm really kind of proud of her. Yeah. I like her, you know. Um, but I do think that she was, her mistakes wound up working out for her, I mm-hmm. think, really well. Yeah. You know, like one of them was like, I really wanted to go to New York for college. And yeah. then my parents wound up blowing all of my money my senior year and I didn't get to go which is how I went up in Oklahoma. Did you get into college in New York? I did, but I didn't get a good scholarship. I just got Where'd like a you, tiny bit. Where did you apply? NYU. Oh, cool. But they gave me like 5,000 bucks mm. and I we couldn't afford it on that. Um, so I went to a state school in Oklahoma, but I remember being so miserable at all these different points in my life about not getting the thing that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it worked out fine, actually. Like yeah. I loved going to Oklahoma, weirdly, and I loved yeah. going to this Catholic school, even though I thought I'd hate it. 
But I wasted a lot of time being grumpy about it. Yeah. And I just be like, chill, man. It's yeah. Just chill out. I was so stressed. It's, it's stressful being a teen. It is. Everything's so big and so life and death. And you're making decisions that you do know will shape your entire future. Yeah. Like your entire future is shaped kind of on where you go to college. Not like if you don't go into the best school, but no, more like but, you meet your friends and you right. figure out your path. And it's like, a developmental challenge because it's yeah. like your first time living alone on your own who you're around the environment yeah being a teenager i was more stressed out when i was a teenager than i have yeah. ever been in my adult life i mean maybe yeah. because we have more perspective as adults and priorities change and things don't feel as big but like between schools and worrying about your grades and being in love and having relationships and having friendships, it was it was also overwhelming. Yeah. Everything is like the decision of your life. Like, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I know. It really is. And it's kind of true, I guess, that it is like. Yeah. Because you could make a bad decision that could derail your whole life in high school pretty easily. You know, like. Do you think you can make decisions that derail your life in high school more than you can as an adult? Yeah. Like, do you think it's more permanent? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I I feel very dark. Oh, God, I'm about to make this dark. I'm so I sorry. I, I love dark. Okay, I apologize for how dark this is going to get. It doesn't matter. Okay. So at one of the malls we used to hang out at, uh -huh. you know, there's like a kind of a clique of us. And like one of them was a guy that I was sort of, I had been sort of dating, mm -hmm. but I wasn't at this point. Like we met at a pool hall. And... One day when I wasn't there, like an older guy who was just a little bit older, like came up to my group of friends and was like, hey, you want to go smoke some weed or whatever? And this guy that I had known was like, I'll go with you and like rode in his car. And the guy drove him into the woods and like murdered him. And so that really freaked me out in high school. That like that happened my. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would freak anyone out. That's yeah. freaking me out. Yeah, so like that, that Wait, could happen what? at like the mall. They met him at a Luby's. It was like, what? Hold on. So, it, and it was just the boy you were dating? Yeah, yeah. We'd been dating maybe like six months earlier, kind of briefly. And, and you know, he was the only one way. that went to go smoke? Yeah, because most of us didn't really smoke. And oh, yeah, and it, the God. guy was like only three years older than us. Did so the guy get know. caught? Yeah, yeah, right away. But it was... It was terrifying because, you know, when you have those, did you know anybody who died in high school? We knew a couple people who died I knew died people that right died away. in high school, but I knew people that, terrible. Um, yeah. It was never a murder. I mean, yeah. I knew I knew some people that died of drugs and I knew uh, someone that died in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. And we had one of those. I think it was drugs, drugs and drunk driving. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know your limits when you're a kid. So I feel like no. you could really. I also think that like when you're a teenager too, or at least I didn't take seriously certain people's drug use. Yeah. Because I, thank God, am not an addict. So I was able to drink and do drugs and be fine. Whereas like there really were other kids that were, you know, doing heroin or like getting into like really serious drugs or doing pills or painkillers or cocaine or whatever and like having it really be a problem. Yeah. And I don't think that I ever acknowledged like what a real problem that was. So once people started to die or overdose or all this stuff, I, I remember being really freaked out, being like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a gift being born without an addictive personality. Thank God. I th- I'm, yeah. That's, I truly, I say this, I'm so thankful for that every day. Me too. It's a, a miracle. Yeah. Because it's just, people make the same choice, but some people it hits harder and it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I just made it so dark. No, I mean that's it's it's, as we were talking about irre- 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 unchangeable choices. I was like, those just the first thing in my head. Well, yeah. I mean, I was gonna, I was going to think it was like pregnancy, but then murder. You oh, know? everybody in my school got pregnant. So yeah, really? Oh yeah, Catholic school. Oh yeah, a lot of teen moms. Like a, th- I remember counting in my yearbook and feeling like it was a quarter of the class, maybe a third. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of, it's was like, there a daycare at your school? No. You usually just had to leave. The baby. Oh, you'd leave the school. Yeah, you couldn't cross the stage. But it was like a lot of people. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, I mean, and now, like, now they all have kids going to college. I'm like, oh, it's that like very cute. so crazy. Yeah, but it's like really. Cheryl Hines, when she was on the podcast, was telling a story about how she would just hold the baby. Like, so she was on her softball team and there was a teammate of hers that had a baby and her job was to just hold the baby during softball practice. (laughs) That's so sweet of her. I know. But I was like, I, I, at my high school, we didn't have, or at least that I know of, we didn't have, and no one was pregnant in my class. Really? Ever? Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. I would say within a year of graduation, there were, yeah, at least a third were moms. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my I remember my other best friend, who I was named, I will leave out of this story for this reason, but we're like we're kind of a click of three. Um, you know, she's very smart, like went to like a really great school, you know, like engineering, sciencey kind of person. And she told me when in her college that she was still technically a virgin because she was only doing it up the butt because mm-hmm. she wanted to be a good Catholic. And I had never heard her say something so insane in my life. You know, because like I knew she was religious, but I didn't know she was like buying into the you're still a virgin if you're doing it up the butt. Catholic. Well, Christ, Christ yeah. supports anal. Apparently. And I was You'd... like, holy hell, yeah. that's amazing. I, last person I would have guessed would have said that to me. Also to consistently get fucked up the ass. Yeah. Hats off. Hats off. Lots of pants off. That's Lots pants of off, off, hats off, brave. <laughs> that is a brave woman. Yeah. Hats off, pants off, lube out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. truly. Relaxing, deep breathing. Um, did you go to your senior prom? I did. Yeah. What did you wear? I have to know. It's my favorite question of the pod. Yeah, my senior prom. I had my mom actually make me a dress. She made me a, it was, I think it was like kind of titanic zone. She made me like an empire waist mm-hmm. navy blue dress with like Ooh. little um, silvery sparkles all over Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, and like a little silver ribbon and I had a uh, blue nail polish. I love that. Yeah, I really liked that dress. And, and did I, you go with a boyfriend? I went with just a guy I thought was kind of cool. Like I took him because his mom had been Miss Texas like <laughs> before he was born. And I thought that was the funnest fact. Yeah. So I was like, I'm taking Mr. Son of Miss Texas. That's really funny. <laughs> but he was Texas. adorable. Yeah. He wore, as, instead of a boutonniere, he had a pink plastic bunny rabbit, like kind of a bendable legs one. Like Cool. A, and he had that in his little pocket and he looked like Pee Wee Herman basically. I feel like Texas <laughs> is filled with freaks. I love totally. Texas. I just like I some of my best friends are from Texas and there are so many weirdos in Texas. <laughs> and I no, there are. I mean, 
Yeah, you're a weirdo. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people think that Texas is like big blonde hair and oh, like, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm like, uh-uh, Texas is freaky deaky. They have Texas totally wrong. Yeah. I get mad at this all the time in movies about Texas. I'm like, no. They think Texas is like all upright, backwards hicks and no. stuff. And I'm like, absolutely not. And I don't even think Texas is necessarily that conservative. We're just more like... You do you, I do me. But conservatives more like keep libertarian winning. vibes in Texas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where they're like, we don't want any rules. Don't tell me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt kind of insulated growing up in San Antonio because it's super liberal there, mm-hmm. more or less, or it felt liberal to me. I like, feel like it's San Antonio is still a liberal pocket in Texas, yeah, right? Very much. It's like, you know, kind of they're the good Catholics in that they're like, we believe in actual charity work and yeah. not just like yelling at people about their sins. Right. Yeah, so I respect the community there in Texas. You know, we had like the Castro twins. Like yeah. one of them was our mayor, you know? Yeah. Hot guy, there you know, you being a young mayor. There you go. It's a good town. We got Coach Pop like as our basketball coach. And he's, to me, Pop is a man that I would want to run for president, but he would never run for president. And that's why he would be like the best president. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always the ones that would never run that would be the best. Yeah, because the people who run are crazy. Why yes. would you want to do that? That's Narcissistic, awful. crazy people. Exactly. Um, but that being said, vote blue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say something. What was I going to say? I forget. Freaks, Texas. I don't know. I'm talking too much on this podcast. We. Oh, yeah. You want me to, you oh, want me yeah. to wrap it up? Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> last question of the pod. Uh, did you have a senior superlative? I did. What was it? It was, weirdly for being in a school with uniforms, it was most likely to become a fashion designer. But see, this makes sense. Because <laughs> you did the sweater redesign, you did the shoe redesign, you were pushing pushing boundaries, pushing limits. Did you wear makeup in high school? I wore, like, I like to wear kind of a like a deep sparkly forest green eyeshadow. See, that's Or lavender. That's cool. Yeah, I was like, I was inspired by 50s movies, seeing like Technicolor eyeshadow. Mm -hmm. I loved it. So beautiful. And because my clothing budget didn't have to go to practical clothes because of, you know, uniform, I would just buy sequin mini skirts and stuff and wear them to our dances. All my clothes were stupid. So fun. Like thrift story or really glittery. Yeah. I love that. I respect it. Although I shouldn't have one that there's, uh, this girl Maricela should have won it. She became a jewelry designer. So I, I could preemptive or postemptively. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give you're gonna it to Maricela. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna give it. it. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna guess that you were gonna guess get like smartest. Oh, Susan Curry definitely got that. Yeah. Mm. Bitch. Oh, love her. Love her. Great dog. <laughs> Great dog. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Oh, this has been my pleasure. Such a fun conversation. Yeah, it's been so much fun chatting with you. Yes. Where can all of my podcast listeners listen to you? Yeah, I run a movie podcast with Paul Shear, the comedian. Uh, so from fun. How did this get made in like a million different things? Uh, it's called Unspooled. And we are on a quest to find the greatest 100 movies ever made and then blast them off into space. We started with the AFI Top 100, mm-hmm. and then we got rid of, like, 60 of them because it's yeah. a bunch of cowboy movies, war movies, a yeah. bunch of just dudes from the 70s voting their friends onto the list. Like, mm-hmm. fuck all that. So now we're rebuilding from the bottom. I love that. It's been very, very fun. And Paul's, like, just the smartest, most curious guy. I love Paul. And we're weirdly going to do Austin Powers. Uh my favorite movie. Month. So I have to go home and watch Austin Powers today. It's actually like truly it's that is a movie that comedically <laughs> has imprinted on me deeply. That and Mars Attacks 
Mars Attacks. Oh, Mars Attacks. That like really, really, really impacted me. I mean, every day I literally say spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch when I like leave the house. And Abe is always like, can you please stop saying that? I say baby, the other, other white meat all the time. I say groovy. I say, ooh, white flint. I mean, I say (laughs) like I quote Austin Powers all the time. Oh, my God. Do you every time you drive by Randy's Donut go – the international symbol of the donut yeah. from Mars Attacks. <laughs> That's like, that is, I should. It's so good. It's we saw so Danny good. Elfman at the bowl this weekend and he played a little Mars Attacks set. I and love it, was it. Is Mars Attacks on your list? We haven't done it yet. We haven't, we actually haven't done a Burton yet. We're very behind on our Burton. Very behind. We are. Yeah, because, I mean, prolific filmmaker. Prolific. Although, I mean, it's going to come down probably to like Beetlejuice. I was going to say Beetlejuice. Or um, Edward Scissorhands. Both are beautiful, and I Gorgeous. love them both so much. Hmm. That's a toss-up. I know. I don't know what I'd pick. But did you know Danny Elfman's ripped as hell? No, but I weirdly <laughs> just auditioned for uh, something that he's doing, <gasps> and I just saw his name, and I got so excited <laughs> that I didn't even read what it was. I was just like, ah! <laughs> Danny Elfman! <laughs> and anyway, yeah. It was marvelous. Ripped, tatted, very cool. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I'm fucking Danny Elfman. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. Such a pleasure to chat with all of my guests and to have you listen. Thank you so much for supporting me. Please subscribe. Please give me five stars. Only positive reviews. I only like positivity in my life. Um, and I love you all. And until next week, stay cool. Never change. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>